Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Pitching In. Um, Well, a little bit different today. Uh, No Michael McHenry. I'm Jason Mackey. That's Andrew Destin. You know us. Uh, We might juggle the, the schedule a little bit, but we wanted to do a podcast wrapping up the end of the season uh, Fort's got something uh, going on with some AT&T Sportsnet people, so we're not going to bother him. We're going to give him his night off. We'll see how we can juggle the schedule around. But um, this day, um, I, I really I, I want to talk about this. It's therapeutic for me, Andrew. It's one of your first and only. This is what one or two uh, for you. For, first one at the end. Yeah. Seeing this, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's just a weird day. It really is. I, I don't know how to make heads or tails of it. So we're going to talk about it and discuss the Pirates and, and just talk what it's like to be a baseball writer on the final day of the season and have basically your best friend going away, um, you know, or something that you spend a lot of time doing. So anyway, thank you for finding us again. We're pitching in um, Andrew Destin pinch hitting for Michael McHenry. We're brought to you as always by the North Shore Tavern. If you love the Pirates and baseball, you'll love the North Shore Tavern. This is also going to be my home. Um, to watch some baseball, the interior, it's wall-to-wall pirates, their appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and of course, seafood on a sizzling lava stone open every day at the North Shore Tavern across from PNC Park. It's Pittsburgh's home for your Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone, and it doesn't go away just because baseball season goes away. It's a great place to watch football. Anyway, so what the heck is going on, man? They won a game, <laughs> they finished a good season, and now what do we do tomorrow? We just Sit at home. I mean, I guess I got to write some penguins. That's true. Yeah, but you like, have stuff to do. I got that. But like baseball, this feels like a void. I mean, I, this is by and far, and you know, you've obviously done this many more years than me in the baseball realm. But yeah. like, I've been to a lot of baseball games in my life as a kid growing up when I went to college, all that yeah. sort of stuff. I mean, to go to 80, 90, 100, whatever baseball games it was this year, um, you know, you you were right up there probably in like the 140 range, something yeah. like that. Like, did you see me pregame? I was counting. Really? I went through my scorebook. Yeah. Was I, I close? Uh, yeah, it was like 130-ish. Okay. Um, and I go through my scorebook, and I don't keep – sometimes I, I – so I guess I should back up. I keep a BBWA scorebook for the entire season, and then sometimes I just won't feel like doing it, and so I'll use like a lineup card that they give us. And I, I did that at least 10 times, and I got to, I think, 121. So I just said like upwards of 130. Yeah. It was my safe. You know, I counted 120 pages in my book and, and whatever, but yeah. Yeah, so that's a lot of baseball. It's a lot games, of baseball, games. right? That's yeah. a quarter of the year, a third of the year for you. Like these are, yeah. This is not some insignificant thing that's just right. like a hobby or for many people, right? It's a job. But like what I learned, I think the most from doing this is that um, this becomes a very important fabric of your life. This becomes something that is, uh, yeah. it's daily. It's with you every day. It's with your phone. It's with you when you go to bed. It's with you when you wake up. It's, yep. You know, that's the biggest thing I took away from this is just like how overly encompassing this is, and yeah. you know how much. I guess another big takeaway would be just how much more respect they got for the big leaguers, the guys who do this day in and day out, yeah. seeing it firsthand. And I'm going to miss it. I'm definitely yeah. going to miss it because I have the utmost respect for the ball players, no matter if they're performing above expectations, below, at them, whatever it may be. Yeah. I think the expect the takeaway I had is just that 
Um, when people say this is a grind, some players use that as a phrase, some don't. Regardless, yeah. uh, it certainly is. That's my takeaway. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was interesting. Brian Reynolds talked this morning or Sunday morning, and he talked about he doesn't like the term grind. Um, you know, it's difficult. They do a lot of stuff and, and, and whatever. And I agree with them. Like, I don't see it as a grind. Yeah. I see it as hard. I see it as something that you need to be very professional about, intentional about with your time and whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I love this job. And I, I think what Reynolds was getting at is, like, you make it sound bad if you say it's a grind. Right. You know, like, the people grinding or the people doing jobs that are actually work and that that suck and this doesn't no you know like we're extremely lucky to do what we do and, and so is Reynolds and so totally. are these players so but that being said like it's a lot yeah it's a lot I know that you know it, it's such a weird dynamic leading up to this point because I am so tired or so like ready to not be creative and just be like dad and a husband and you know like pour myself into my family and not have to think about oh i'm going to chase this story i'm going to chase this story how am i going to do this what's this day going to look like how do i fit you know a, a chat and a sunday page and a, or a, a mailbag or this story or working at you know there's just so many things that you cram into a baseball season and it's nice to be like okay well i gotta you know pick up my son or, or go we're gonna go play hockey in the garage whatever it is you know what i mean but it's, it's a weird dynamic in that you're so ready for that to start, but you don't want this to go away. Yeah. It's, it's you know, we, we love it. We, we're here because we love it, and we don't want the games to end. And, and like Andrew said, it's a lifestyle that just really changes. So, anyway, it's a weird, weird, weird dichotomy. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's, uh, I mean, the least, for the very least, you and I have playoff baseball to look forward to for the next month. It might I, not be Pirates baseball. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's not Pirates baseball. Don't get me wrong. It's Bucktober right now, but I mean, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I've got some bad yeah, news. No, for you, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, but we'll get to that. And, and, you know, that's actually a good segue, too, because that's been a lot of the conversation around the Pirates yeah. this weekend. And, and do they feel like they're building meaningfully towards something and, and spoiler alert, they do. Um, that's why you see the question on your screen. Is this season successful? Why or why not? A lot of people around the team would argue that yes, it is. And I, I, I'm one of them, frankly, I think this season is a, a very much a success and, and not just because of 20 and eight. I mean, I think 20 and eight could obfuscate a lot of bad stuff with this team. And if I, I didn't see the finish that I did over the final 67, 35 and 32, I might think that it was like artificially pumped up or whatever by the strong start, but I don't know, man, to, to answer the question on our screen, I think it's a huge success. I believe that this group has taken steps forward. I think they've set the table up for themselves nicely for the off season in 2024. And, you know, I, I don't know, man, I don't know how to walk out of this park tonight thinking like things are bad. I'm sure people will, and they're always upset about the pirates, but sure. I, I by and large think this is pretty good. I think you hit on a key point there is this group. It's right. And David Bondar said this post came on Sundays uh, as we record here Sunday is that this season, he kind of looked at it in three parts, the 20 and eight start, the struggles in May, as well as June and July. And they looked at it in three parts because I tweeted about that. Did you? I'm kidding. kidding. There you go. Absolutely not. But precisely, there you go. Right. So it's the important reason I say this group is because the one that we saw in the final 67 games, that's the one that's going to be built around the 20 and eight group. You had parts there like a Rich Hill, like uh, G-Man Choi, like right. Carlos Santana, guys who, you know, even if they were going to be part of a team that, let's say hypothetically the Pirates had made, made, made the playoffs, 
those weren't guys that were going to be part of this in two, three years, right? Yeah. They were like parts for the present. They were parts for maybe next year if things had gone swimmingly. Um, what I take away from this is that these are a lot of guys who are going to be here. So a lot of rookies, a lot of first year guys, second year guys that it does give you optimism. Yeah. Um, and I think if the last 67 games maybe hadn't gone as well as they did, then yeah, maybe I would have said, oh, it's season isn't a success. But exactly. I take away from the last 67 and go, this is a group that's going to be here. There's a lot of moving parts there for sure. I'm sure we'll get into that about the questions with the pitching depth and things like that and, mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of other questions. But um, in terms of position players, guys that you look at as young, exciting, tangible talents, how can you not view it as a success? What are the, I'll say like two or three, preferably three, most encouraging things that you saw? like individual player performance-wise? What did you see that really makes you feel good about next year? Uh, one would be Andy's development behind the plate. Okay. That would be one. And, and, you know, there's some parts that are tangible, some that aren't. You know, some that are the, okay, well, him taking control of a pitching staff and doing mound visits when the time calls for it. Yep. But also him developing as a framer. I mean, we knew the arm talent was there, but him with his receiving, he improved there. Yeah. Blocking, he got better in that aspect. That's one. Um, this one may be a little bit more nuanced, um, but I think the last couple of weeks from Jack Swinski, that was one that yes. gave me a little bit of optimism. I like that. Right? I mean, going the opposite field, I didn't see him. And again, first year covering the team. But the first three, four months of the year, he was not a guy that I was seeing poking singles the opposite way. Right. He was not driving the ball with authority to left field. Saw that towards the latter half. So those would be two on the on the hitting side. Um, and a third one that I'll touch on just briefly, um, you know, the, excluding the last start, of course, but Quinn Priester. Hmm. Um, those last four starts we saw from him, there were better results. Yeah. I still need to see more from Quinn, but that gave me better confidence that this is a guy who could challenge for a spot or could challenge into those plans because the first time up, I had, I had a lot of doubts about that. Okay. I won't disagree with any of that. Um, I would probably put Sawinski near the top of that list. Um, I don't know what's had me on a Sawinski kick lately. Maybe the fact that like he has been extremely productive over the past about month. Um, and it, it, his at-bats just look different. He's hitting lefties. I think he finished six for his last 11 against lefties, something like that. Uh, pitches like today, outside part of the plate. One, he's not looking at it. And yeah. two, he's not trying to hook it to right field, but he's going with it, driving it for a double. I mean, there's certainly the power there. Um, more aggressive, too. I think he was in his own head, um, whether you want to say it was an Andy Haynes thing or whatever. But, I mean, he was caught in between earlier in the season. I think that's fair to say. And it looks like he's come out of it. So I won't steal that. I have other ones. Um, my biggest number one is Key Brian Hayes. Yeah. I don't think there's been a bigger storyline with this team this season than Hayes and what he's turned into. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic at the plate. Um, yeah, just so, so dominant again last night. And what that offense becomes, if Hayes is in the middle of it, um, I, another thing I would say, and this is hard to say because it's not in-game performance, but in Philadelphia, watching O'Neill Cruz take batting practice, that was seriously one of the most encouraging things of the season for me. Sure. Like there, I understand why people might look at it and think, oh, is he going to come back? Is he going to be 100%? Whatever. And you can also look at it and say it's batting practice. Who cares? You know what? It's still your body moving and your body moving in a powerful way and not having any problems. Like O'Neill Cruz is launching balls into the upper deck and smiling while, during, while doing it. You know, that's... That's some seriously good stuff, man. I like that a lot. And I guess my third one, I'll say Jared Triolo because I like his game and I like what he's done. Um, finding power. Derek Shelton talked about this after the game where we have had, a, he, he said something like, we've had guys go to the minor leagues, take coaching and come back and they've actually improved, which is important. I mean, you, they have to develop at the major league level. They didn't do that enough in the former regime. Triolo's done it. Gonzalez has done it. Even Priester's done it. 
So that's that's a big one. But I, I, I guess I would just frame it with this and then I'll shut up that we haven't even seen the best of a lot of guys. I don't think we've seen the best of Triolo. I don't think we've seen the best of Andy. I don't think we've seen the best of Henry. I don't think we've seen the best of Pagaro. Um, so many guys that I think there's just you can turn the dial more. And so that's that's something that's also encouraging for me. Trio is such an exciting guy to watch. I mean, he is. He's fun. I mean, and he's going to be on the dirt, right? I mean, Ben Sherrington said it today on his show. Like, this is a guy they want to have on the infield, which yeah. I can't express enough how glad I am to hear that for the Pirates' sake. <laughs> Lesson. I mean, this guy's a plus defender at third as it is. I know yeah. they already got somebody over there, but, like, you can put him at first. He can play second. He did shorten AAA. Like, I don't know if we'll quite see him there, but this is a guy who – is versatile and it's not in the way that like you know again that like maybe two years ago when they talked about versatility with guys and it was somebody who you know couldn't get an ops over 600 and it yeah. was somebody that wasn't actually like part of the plans yeah like, if this is your zobris guy if this is your versatile move him around the diamond guy that's great but he very well could be you know and you know an everyday position player at one of those spots so yep. he's somebody that's certainly exciting to me but i mean you touched on a lot of those guys and i think but andrew the key yeah. with triolo sorry to interrupt you no how about it? he's hit yeah he's, he's mashing hit. that's a that, the, the equation or the question starts and ends right there. Yeah. I mean, somebody who's as good defensively as he is, if you hit, we'll find, find a place to play. Totally. It's first base. It's the outfield. I know they want to keep him on the dirt, but so what? Yeah. You know, play him in the outfield if that's what it takes to get his bat in the lineup. If he's hitting around 300, that's great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, he'll take that. <laughs> he'll take that. Yeah. The guy's versatile defensively. If you got to run him out the right field to get him in the lineup, oh, well, figure it out. Yeah. So. All right, so I have a piece. Um, I don't know when it'll go on. It probably is not online yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that gamble. But sort of looking at an outlay for their off season, and we've talked about this in bits and pieces. Uh, but now that it's here, I kind of want to revisit this with Andrew, and we'll kick around some things. Um, the first order of business to me uh, is, and, and from my understanding, this might not take too terribly long after the season. I'm not saying it's going to happen like within two weeks, but as I understand it, like this is a priority for the pirates is Andrew McCutcheon and to get him done, to get him back. Um, I do think there's going to be a reunion unless there's something crazy where McCutcheon like says he wants to keep playing five years or something like, I don't, I don't think he's going to, but anyway, um, what do you do, man? Like if you got Kutch, he wants to come back. Pirates are on, you know, out there saying they want him back. Obviously there's a, a, benefit at the gate there's a benefit of him being in the lineup there's some questions about whether he's ever going to play the field again what do you do there's two ways i could answer this question and both of them are yes one would be the perspective of bob <laughs> i say that because one is the perspective of bob nutting and i bring that up because yeah you know i had said you know this is a guy who can be here as long as he wants right yeah. and i also say it from my vantage point if yeah. i were running the pirates which i'm not I know, but that's, that's what I'm asking you. I'm asking you if you were running the Pirates, would you keep? I mean, there are people out there that wouldn't. No, I absolutely would. Okay. You know, there's, so many, there's so many factors to it. Yeah. You know, you could go from the fan perspective of this guy's done so much for the city, yeah. you know, what he means to them, how he's earned this, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not answering it from that perspective. I'm answering it from the perspective of this guy who hit when he was healthy. He battled with injury. He played through a lot of stuff with the elbow. Um, this is a guy who, when he's healthy, certainly proved that he's still capable of being a big league hitter. Yeah, I'm willing to take the gamble on, you know, he small, signed for a small contract, relatively speaking, last offseason anyway. I have to believe it'll be around the same figure. That's yeah. something that's within the budget. If that's as a guy who's an everyday DH, sure, whatever. But if you can get just any time in the outfield, any degree of position flexibility with him, or if it's moving around, putting him at first base, whatever it may be, I'm willing to, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, not as happening. much as I want to see it. Probably not happening. But, like, whatever it takes, like, I'm willing to – if it's for a cheap price and this yeah. is a guy who, you know, wants to be here, the city wants him to be here, the Pirates want him to be here, 
It's a perfect yeah. marriage. I say it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's as easy as just bringing him back, like, blindly. Because I feel like if you do that, then you would have done it by now. Although sure. these conversations are usually best had um, in the offseason. Anyway, I mean, the way I look at it, Andrew, I, I agree with what you're saying. But I think there are certain factors that the Pirates need to be thinking about, that McCutcheon needs to be thinking about, so how to how to end this appropriately. Right. Like you can't just give them a deal in perpetuity and say you can just play until whenever, you know, sure. I, I, the way I would approach this is you negotiate with Andrew. You're, you sit down and you're, you're sort of realistic about the whole thing and say, look, we we want you to end it here. We don't want your last memory at PNC Park to be hobbling off the field. You're stuck at two ninety nine. Uh, we want you to come back. We want you to, you know, we'll take care of you for the rest of your life. But like we got to have a functional end to this. So, I mean, I'd, I'd say, and I'd want probably Kutch to come out and say, this is it. Like 2024 is it. This is my retirement tour. You get on the Miggy plan, the Wayno plan. <laughs> you know, you go to these parks and, and they give you gifts and you wave and it's fun and you celebrate all these last moments. Uh, now, that being said, if things are going incredibly well, if his OPS is 775 or 800 in August and you want to do it again, you say, well, the heck with it. We're, you know, you can always go that direction. Sure. But I want to have... An established, like, if this doesn't go well, if your OPS starts with a six, I want to have the ability as a GM to turn the page. You know, like, cut, you can't just keep my DH spot hostage. I need to rotate guys through there. I need the flexibility. You can't play the field. Love you, but, like, this is this is kind of the move. So, I mean, that's the way I look at this. I mean, I, I would want to bring them back, certainly. Like, I think it's incumbent on the Pirates to get them back and, and do this the right way. But I just... I think some discussions need to be had and you sit down and say like, what do you want out of this? This is what we want out of this. How do we come to an agreement on a number, on a role? This is what you're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. So I hope that works out because I want to see. It. Yeah. I mean, that's all valid, right? Cause this is a team that compared to where they were at come March of 2023, when it's March, 2024, it's going to be in a much more, we want to compete spot. And yeah. you, know, the, you know, it's not smoke and mirrors when they say that it's objectively, this team's in a better spot with 14 more wins this year than yep. last. Like, so I think those conversations are good ones because, yeah, I mean, how does he factor into those plans? Is this a guy who's an everyday player? Um, you know, I, I think he'd probably be open to the conversation. I'm sure the Pirates will bring it up of like, hey, coming out of spring training, coming out of camp, first few weeks of the year, like we're competing for ABs. You yeah. know, this isn't going to be handed to you. I feel like Andrew would be pretty receptive to that. I feel yeah. like this is a guy who wants that. He doesn't want to be treated as, you know. You know, for lack of better phrasing, not that this is him, but it's not a charity case. This right. is this is very much like you got to compete for your time, you got to compete for your ABs, and I would be safe to assume he wants that, and that's what the Pirates want. Yeah, I'm um, uh, excuse my left hand or my right right hand uh, going over there. I'm just looking at stats to pull up what Kutch finished at OPS wise, and I mean, he didn't stink. Seven seventy six OPS. Like, I'll take that. I'll gladly take that. Uh, I think you need to bake into that, that like he's 36 and, you know, performance may go away and how does he return from the Achilles and all that stuff. But I mean, that's what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying give him a chance to compete. And if he's one of the best hitters, which I fully believe that he will be, I, I think Kutch is going to be just fine. I actually, I'm not even like closing the book on him playing the field. I, I think there's a way to do this. And again, I would, I would revisit first base, but again, I, I don't, I don't think anybody else will, um, you know, you get healthy. He doesn't screw with his elbow as much as it seemed to, you know, get bumped. And, you know, one of the things that bothered him, I guess we can say this now because the season's over, um, is getting thrown like up and high. Happened yeah. against Oakland, happened against somebody else, and he hit the deck. And 
like his his elbow was hit in a funny place and that kind of tweaked it. He was feeling okay. And then the Oakland one really threw him for a loop, but um, he's got to get healthy. And so, okay, we won't, we won't spend too much more time on Kutch. Um, I want to get to some other stuff that I get asked about a lot though. I mean, beyond that, where do you go? What's your next, like, if you figure that out, what's your next move? Starting pitching. Okay. That's where I got to go. I mean, okay. I, I view this as, you know, for as much. In as what I, way? Tell me about what start, starting pitching you want. I want at least two, two starters. Oh, I like it. One, I like it. One can be of the mold, and I'm not saying it has to be him. One can be of the Rich Hill mold, one or of Vince Velasquez, a one-year prove-it deal, something yeah. like that. I want the next guy to be, give me somebody who's got a little bit more girth to him of two, three-year deal, yeah. you know, 30, 45 million, something a little bit longer, something yep. that shows that you're committed to it. Um, and the reason that I want that is because I want somebody else who is young, but not necessarily, you know, 24, 25, right? That's not going to happen on the free agent market. Yep. You can find somebody in their early 30s. Um, you know, not to list any names off the top of my head, but you're going to be able to find somebody that you can believe in who can be your three, who can be your four, yep. something like that. Somebody who, um, you know, has that spot relatively unlocked because the problem I have is just, I look at the rotation, I look at the depth right now and I say, I can pencil in two starters. I know, right? Like that's not enough. You can't, and like how? Charrington said it today, if we want to have 10 major league quality guys, we think can get us wins. And right now we're not there. And I'm like, you're definitely not there right now. Right, right. <laughs> you might be there come June. You might be there in July when you get some of the young guys, when you get a Paul Skeens, when you get a Jared Jones up here. They're not going to be ready for a few months. Right. Or at least in theory, you know, both of them. So right. I'm on at least two starters. Yeah, and I mean, they have some intriguing arms in the minor leagues. And I think if we're sitting here in July, they can get to 10 pretty reasonably. Absolutely. But right off the hop, I don't see how. Nope. I don't see how. Because I look at their minor league pitching depth right now, and I'm going to work my way up from double A to the majors and who I think could, could, you know, be up here next year and contributed. Jackson Wolf is one. I was a little surprised he didn't get something down the stretch. Um, Jared Jones, Rowanzi Contreras, Quinn Priester, Luis Ortiz. Um, who's the third one who was up here? Ortiz, Contreras, Priester. Is there another one? Maybe I'm like, Oh, Beto is Beto, the other. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'm putting Beto in the bullpen, but I mean, that's, that's sort of the way the depth shakes out, in my opinion. And and maybe you make a decision, Bailey, Falter, Andre Jackson, you keep one. I thought Jackson pitched pretty well today. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's your guy that you end up keeping of the two. Um, Oviedo, uh, Keller, and you, you've got your injured guys that at some point you're going to get Burroughs and Brubaker back. Uh, they have a decision to make on Velasquez, whether they want to re-up him. But in the meantime, man, like that's it. Yeah, That's it. Salamedo, I Chandler, I, at some point, that'd be great, but I'm not, con- I, I want them to like, you know, come out of nowhere and change my mind. I'm not going to be banking on that. So uh, it's just a, just a weird spot to be in. And I, I don't, I don't see any other way they can go out and get the pitching they need other than free agency or trade. Yeah. And the trade one is a fear, you know, kind of a curious case because you go that route. What does that lead to? I know that scares me. Right. The trade scares me. Yeah. Because then what is it? Okay. You're going to give up a Chandler or a Salamento and say, no, like, no, you can't, no, right? absolutely. Like, like that's fool's no. gold. Right. No. So that's the cautionary tale is like, how do you do it? I feel like it's through free agency. Trade's not the avenue to go about. With no, this. anybody with major league time, I would be scared to other than like, I don't know if it's Cal Mitchell, Cannon Smith and Jigbo. Like anything's of, of you're hedging your bets, right? You're hedging your bets that this guy doesn't, you know, figure it out with another team and then Austin Meadows you. Yeah. And the Pirates should hope that. But I mean, I feel better with the sample size that I saw out of those guys that like, all right, if that's what I got to give to get and they figure it out in another organization, so be it. But like Chandler, Salamedo, absolutely not. 
I would not yeah. second trade one of those guys. No. So, and that's also a weird dynamic. Have you ever gotten this with fans where they say like, um, you know, when are the pirates going to get to the point where they start trading prospects for major league players? Yeah. It's almost like that's a feather in your cap. Like, I don't understand that. Keep the prospects. No. Get more prospects. Don't trade the ones you have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's my thought. Well, like, look at some of the best, uh, you know, franchises in baseball. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the Astros. Look at these guys who it's like they're constantly churning out guys. And it's like, yeah, you supplement yeah. with some trades. But at the same token, it's like you look at rotations. Every year it's getting supplemented by guys who are coming up from the minors. Exactly. Like, that's what exactly. this is all about is building up a base that you can work from. Yeah. When you're in a spot where your farm system is weak and your major league club is iffy, that's when you know it's problematic for the next three to four years. Right. And, I mean, I, <laughs> one of the things that I think makes the Dodgers so elite uh, is – their ability to do that. Like they spend at the upper levels and they, they pay players and they're active on free agency and all that stuff. But they also take the homegrown totally. stuff. You know, like they, they, they're good internationally. They sign, they draft well, they develop well, they do all this like money ball stuff. The Rays do all the money ball stuff and that we're talking about. They just don't spend on the top end. Yeah. You know, I, and, and other teams do the top end stuff and they don't really do the underbelly. But the Dodgers do a really good job of the underbelly. And I think that's, that's what the Pirates are trying to do. And I think they're going to raise payroll to a certain extent, but you know the, the the majority of their stuff is going to be homegrown players. Yeah, supplement through free agency. It's yeah. not you know the days of like I always go back to this is like the days of okay you're going to trade a young Zach Wheeler for Carlos Beltran if you're the Giants right. in 20, like that's gone. And right. So like we just kind of need to get that out of our heads. Yeah. Um, sure, there's trades that can be on the table, but like I don't think you know to your point like the pirates that shouldn't really ever be part of the the quota that shouldn't be ever part right. of the dna right um sure maybe it'll happen in the trade deadline you get a guy as a, a rental but like it's never going to be the degree that it's going to be this like ace front end big league starter where you've given up four prospects because then that goes right. against your entire formula right you can't do that as the pirates i agree yeah. i agree all right now the other offseason topic i thought would would kick around here first base yeah what do you do i've heard arguments for i'm going to spend big and try to get somebody I'm, I was one of those. I thought that, you know, they should spend a lot of money on that. But as I see more of this, as I see more Triolo, as I see more the need for pitching, all that stuff, I'm trying to save money there, man. Really? I would much prefer they save some money at first. But I'm not saying don't save anybody or don't say that, you know, don't, don't not sign anybody. I was on with Dan Zangrilli on the fan pregame and he was saying he, he wouldn't even sign anybody at first base. He thinks they're fine. Turn it yeah. over to Triolo. I'm not that comfortable, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. Where are you at with addressing first base? How would you do it? Yeah, so I'm not going to go through a trade, right? We've made that clear. Yeah. That's not so. Anybody who thinks Pete Alonso is coming to Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Afraid I've got some bad news. Yeah, <laughs> that one's not coming. He's not walking through the door, buddy. Um, yeah. So that's the first point would be nobody through a trade. Um, I would get but somebody in free agency. Because for as much as you and I have both enjoyed watching Triolo here, let's play devil's advocate. If let's say Triolo regresses to what he did his first time up, right. the power goes away and all of a sudden you've got a guy who's a 650 OPS guy. Right. Not wishing that upon him, but if that goes that way, um, your options become Connor Joe or you're, turn to, you're hoping that Malcolm Nunez figures it out in yeah. AAA. Yeah. Like you're in a tough spot there. So I think you got to at least go out and sign somebody. The question is, is that somebody in the four to five million range or is that somebody in the eight to 10 million range? Yeah. I think both are perfectly fine options. You got to get somebody um, off the top of my head, you know, Santana was certainly somebody that in Pittsburgh that worked for a period of time. It doesn't have to be him. He could work here. Um, you know, that's certainly somebody that, uh, how would that role shake out? Because I have to believe that whoever it is that they sign, it's probably going to be in more of a platoon role, right? It's probably not going to be every day yep. penciling as the four hole guy. It's not the cleanup hitter. 
whoever it is, they might be, you know, competing for reps with Triolo. It could be competing with reps for Connor Joe, who's platooning in there. Um, so for me, yeah, I'd like it to be a left-handed bat. I don't know yeah. who that person is, but you know, I'm probably going through free agency and spending a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, one of the tough things with this, I don't think people think about enough with signing free agents. If a dude's legitimately good and can hit home runs and help your team, chances are he has other offers. Yeah. He doesn't want to come here and be a platoon player on a no. maybe playoff team. Yeah, You know, if he's really good, he's probably going to have an offer to play every day for a contender. And how you change that, I mean, you can throw a bunch of money at him, sure. But, I mean, are you really gaining anything there? Yeah. I, I don't know if you are. And, you know, to me, I think you get every box that you're listing there with Santana. You mm-hmm. get somebody who wants to be here. You get somebody that I don't think would be hurt if their playing time kind of dipped a little bit late in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they tried to use him selectively. I don't know if you talk, tell them, like, you're just hitting left hand. Although I don't, I don't necessarily love that. I think what I would do is just – Wherever I need to find a spot to keep Triolo's bat in the lineup, if it's good, well, you might say, Carlos, you're getting a day. Carlos, you're getting a day. Carlos, you're getting a, you're going to DH or whatever. And that might bump Kutch back, and so be it. I'll make it work out. Or, again, maybe I send Triolo out to right field or play him at shortstop a day. I don't know. I mean, there's enough stuff happens there that wouldn't worry me. But you're not committing a ton of reps, money, anything like that to a first baseman. And you should theoretically be allowing Triolo to grow to him. Yeah. Or or Nunez, Andy, whomever. Sure. And I think all that's manageable because, I mean, they've shown this year, especially since he's come off the IL, like Brian Hayes is not going to play 162 games. That's not happening. So Triolo can get a start a week at third base. He can get, you know, probably not two a week, but like he's going to be able to move around the diamond and get his ABs. So that – to, to my point, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, you can get somebody through a free agency and still give Triolo 500 at-bats next year. It's yeah. not some reality where one can be true and the other can't. Like, yep. you can have this marriage of the two concepts. So, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I think that's about all. I, I, that's all I had that I was going to bring up. What do you think? Yeah, that covers me on my end. I'm sure we're going to have more to talk about in a few days. Oh, there's uh, – yeah. I mean, Ben Charrington talks to us on Tuesday. We're going to get get some stuff from that. Um I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff that we don't know. You know, we haven't even got into their whole TV situation. I think that's that's going to be a storyline for yeah. the offseason. Uh, there's just a lot. You know, there's some arbitration situations, some contract situations. Mitch Keller, yeah. for instance, what do you do with that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get asked a lot, like, do I think they're going to get something done with O'Neill Cruz or Jack Sawinski? And, um, even yeah, David Bednar. David, David yeah. Bednar. Um, I would say Keller is the one that I think is more, if we're going to talk contracts real quick, yep. the, the Keller would be the box that I'd look to check. And I think is most likely uh, based on some of what I heard, you know, about this season and, and how those conversations went. I, th- I think there's a very good chance that thing gets done yeah. uh, this offseason. I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, I mean, you've got that. You've got free agency and they're going to have rule five decisions. Although I think the rule five stuff will be a little bit less. Um, lots of time, lots of time, man. Yeah. And, and you have to go to hockey. Yeah. I hope you don't miss me too much. I'll try not to. I'll try not to. We'll At get, least you get to see your kids. We will get by. I yeah. know. I know. I lose this kid, but I got to go <laughs> see a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. So that's all right. I'll still see you. Guys th- Guys and girls, I should say, thank you so much for watching these all the time. Um, I don't even know why I'm saying goodbye because we're not going anywhere. Um, pitching in will continue throughout the offseason. Andrew and I will continue through the offseason. Um, you might see Adam Bittner's face pop up here from time to time to give me or Andrew. A little bit of a break. I do. I am going to take some weeks where um, I don't do anything, but you'll see a lot of us, especially through the playoffs. Fort and I are going to be doing some stuff for 
uh, postseason brackets and down at uh, North Shore Tavern and, and whatever. So anyway, we're not going far. Thank you, Andrew, for hanging out and talking to me at PNC Park. I'm just going to talk to myself for a little bit so I don't actually go home. No, not really. Um, press the like, subscribe button. Click the like, subscribe button. Smash it. I don't care what you do with it. But uh, thank you very much for watching these all season. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We, we gotta check it. Oh, we're checking.